Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Courtside with Venus and Tennis, part of the Tennis Channel Podcast Network. We have with us today former top 70 ATP Tour professional, Jesse Levine. As a 13-year-old in 2001, Jesse won the U.S. Clay Court 14 Nationals Singles Championship. And as a 15-year-old, he won the USTA Boys 16 Doubles Championship. And as a 17-year-old, he won the 2005 Wimbledon Boys Doubles Championship. Playing one year of number one singles as a freshman for the University of Florida in 2007, Jesse only lost one match, finishing his career with a 24-1 record. Professionally, in June of 2009, Jesse scored his most significant victory, defeating former world number one Marat Safin at Wimbledon. We are thrilled to have him on with us tonight. Please welcome to the pod, Jesse Levine. Jesse, thank you so much for uh, spending time tonight and walking us through your journey. Yeah, appreciate it. Thanks so much for having me. You uh, obviously crazy times. You staying safe, doing okay? You doing any sort of traveling at all? Um, the only traveling I did um, since it's all kind of gone down is I went to New York um, and I did TV for, for the U.S. Open. But uh, it was pretty... Um, pretty secure and we were all in the bubble we were getting tested every three days and couldn't leave the hotel or the court so it was pretty strict but I was a little nervous about traveling I hadn't traveled you know since it all started and you know just getting on a plane and everything kind of scared me a little bit but you know the airlines did a great job and you know USDA did an amazing job at US Open to make sure that all the players and staff and everyone working there really took uh, proper precautions and uh, correct measures so it was a pretty amazing event very different with not all the fans being around there. Um, for someone like me that obviously wasn't playing there this year and I was there for media and doing uh, commentating for, for TV, it was pretty cool to be able to walk around the grounds and not be all stuffed and all crowded and everything could go from court to court and, you know, watch matches. And I'm watching, you know, top 20, top 10 players in the world just playing at the U.S. Open with nobody watching was a pretty incredible and pretty surreal experience. Yeah, I'm sure. And, and just me personally, and we're going to talk about this in a bit. You know, I go down to Delray every February to cover the 250 event. And um, let's hope, hope they have that event. I know they're planning on having that event. And I'm hoping to see you obviously in person down there. So we'll talk about that event near the end of the conversation. Sounds good. Sounds good. So I want to get started. Obviously, a lot to unpack here. Um, you have a ton of great experiences. So let's, let's just start at the beginning. You were born in Ottawa, Ontario. I believe your father played tennis at Penn State. So yeah, Nittany Lions. Yeah, they're struggling <laughs> in football this year, but uh, my dad's definitely a diehard Penn Stater. That's for sure. I wasn't going to mention the football team, but because you did, <laughs> I, I mean, I, I guess that's fine. But um, I, I assume he's the person who got you started in the sport. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, they always joke that they put a cotton ball in my crib as a kid with a fly swatter and I would start hitting at it, you know, when I was, when I was just a baby, but no, I definitely uh, grew up playing mini tennis on my driveway with both my mom and my dad. Um, played a lot of sports growing up as a kid too, but tennis was definitely, you know, my main love as a kid. And, um, you know, I'd always go to the club and watch my dad play as a, as a really little kid. And I have vivid memories of, you know, watching my dad compete in some men's tournaments and, so I always wanted to kind of follow in his footsteps. So it was uh, it was a pretty cool experience to to do that and see that. And he actually coached me until I was 13. So um, that was really neat. And I still hit with him to this day now. He'll come to the club that I'm working at now, and he'll come and hit with me sometimes. So it's uh, it's always fun. Oh, that's awesome. And he must have laid a pretty uh, pretty solid foundation because you had an amazing junior career. And like yeah, I said, he's, the intro, he's a great player. And it, it just, you know, I, I see a lot of, 
you know, you don't see as many, I guess, you know, parents coaching their kids nowadays. I think, you know, they want to keep the father son or the mother son or mother daughter or father daughter relationship kind of going. So I think my dad knew when was the right time to kind of let me go a little bit and keep it to father son instead of coach son. It's always a, a tough, tough task for sure, but he knew when the timing was right and uh, he did an amazing job and I'm very thankful for him. And you guys are still close today. So uh, oh, obviously, very, yeah, good decision. <laughs> yeah. um, I want to talk about the, 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 the first big title you won as a 13 year old. Again, I stated in the intro, you won the U.S. clay court, the 14 nationals, um, the singles championship. And is it true that you were down Oh five in the final set and it was against Donald Young? Yeah, actually, I'll make it even sweeter for you. I was down 5 0, 15 40, and I was serving. Yeah, um, it was at the Jimmy Everett Tennis Center, and uh, Jimmy was actually there that day watching that match. And at that time, I was training at the Chris Everett Tennis Center. So uh, it was pretty, pretty crazy match. Um, I, I can remember, you know, slowly starting to crawl my way back into that match. And when, when the match finished, I, I'll never forget, I, I, I walked back to go and serve another point. I didn't even realize that the match had already finished. I was kind of, you know, for someone that was 13 years old, I kind of hit that, that zone of, of focus and didn't really know where I was for a little bit. And next thing you know, I came back and, uh, you know, we took the the 1400 clay court title uh, at 13 years old. It was an amazing experience. Crazy. Did you have any other match points other than at that 05 game that you had to defend or those were the only two? That was, those, are the, those are the only ones, but I was down to five. And then I think I won like 21 and 23 points after that. It was some crazy stat. Have you come back down from 05 in any other match other than that one in your junior? Um, maybe career? in doubles. Maybe in doubles, I think I have maybe once or twice, but 05, uh, <laughs> 05, 15, 40. Uh, That's yeah. a big ask. But, uh, yeah. I mean, you never know, right? That's why you played till, till, till. So you shake hands at the net or not shake hands right now and tap rackets. Right. But, um, yeah, we played till the very end. Got it. And then again, a 15 year old, you won the boys, um, 16, the USTA boys, 16 doubles, 17, you won the 2005 Wimbledon boys doubles championship. That had to be awesome. Um, any highlights, either those or some others that you want to, uh, talk about during this discussion? I I think, I think, um, winning 16's Eddie Hare was a huge, uh, junior win for me. Um, you know, obviously some of the guys playing along that route, I mean, beating Delpo in the semis there and juniors and Shardy and Chilich and, and, and all those guys that were my peers. Wow. So, you know, just seeing where they're at now, obviously is uh, pretty impressive. I think, you know, the, the age group of 87s was extremely strong um, and just growing up playing the junior slams and, and, and you could kind of tell um, by being around those guys at that age of who was going to be a top pro and, you know, who is going to develop into their game style and when it was time. And you knew that, um, you know, Chilich and Monfils and Shardy and, you know, Nishikori and all those guys were going to do big things one day. So it was, it was a great group to grow up playing juniors with. Wow. What a crew. Um, with your success in your junior career, we know you went to the university of Florida for a year, but was there something inside you that said, you know what, I may not have to, I may choose to bypass college entirely and go straight to the pros. Um, I thought about it, um, but I felt that I wasn't ready physically or mentally to kind of take that on and make it a career just yet. So um, I knew that I wanted to go to school. I wanted to experience it. I wanted to play for a team and 
Um, Coach Jackson and Coach Jeremy Bayon at that time were both the coaches at University of Florida. And I knew a lot of the guys on the team as well. Um, definitely looked at other schools, but when I set foot on campus in Gainesville, I mean, I, it was a no-brainer. I knew that's where I wanted to go and that's where I belonged. So um, if I did it all over again, I would have went to school even earlier and done a little bit even more time in college. I loved my time at University of Florida. Um, and obviously I was only there for a year and then turned pro after that. But um, I did take a year off and play as an amateur and, you know, never obviously took any prize money or anything like that. So I was able to go to school, but I still wasn't ready. I was already ranked like 400 ATP and I still went to college. I see a lot of, you know, kids now that maybe get one ATP point and they want to try and go pro. And I think college tennis is so strong and it's so good for, you know, you to develop your game and mature not only physically, but mentally as well. And uh, it was, you know, definitely the right decision for me. Um, it helped me a lot. And, um, you know, finishing my education from University of Florida is obviously a key thing and been taking some classes online and not in a rush, but hopefully I'll get that done soon. Yeah. You know, I had Michael Russell previously on the pod and you guys yeah. said the same thing. He spent one year at Miami and he said yeah. the amount of matches you get. And back when he was in college, he's a little bit older than you, as you know, um, he, he played, a, he played a few more matches than you did. And just the, the confidence, the development. Um, and if you don't, if you go for one year, it's not going to, not going to kill you. You're going to be what no. going on pro tour at 19 at 20, if you're a little bit older. And then if well, you see, even if you go that one year and you don't, get as far as what you want in college tennis then you know you're not ready so it's just it's it's he he felt like it was a no-brainer that it, there was no I, I think also well the, the other thing too now is a lot of the universities that especially the top schools you know they'll, they'll take you to pro tournaments even right. when you're in school so you know the the, the fact that they're going to bring you to professional tournaments and some some of the schools even have professional tournaments on their campuses now so, you know, that's obviously a big recruiting tool as well that, yes. you know, they could provide you with wild cards, you know, into main draw, giving you the opportunity and some challenger events, which is a pretty big deal, you know, especially for someone that's, you know, aspiring to be a professional tennis player and giving the opportunity to be main draw of, you know, 75000 or $100,000, you know, challenger event and get your name right on the board with, with, with uh, some points is, is huge. Huge. Yeah, agreed. So you attended the University of Florida, had a, a, you know great success. You only lost once, um, including you. You had a victory over the number one collegiate player in the country at the time. It was John Isner. Um, obviously, you had a great experience there. Had fun with your, you had fun with your teammates. Had good relationships with your coaches, as you as you stated earlier. Um, no regrets there. After that first year, it was time for you to uh, go to the next level, right? I, it's funny as people ask me, like, you know, do you have any regrets of turning pro or anything? I wish that I would have lost earlier um, during that season because I, I, as I, you know, played one as a freshman and started going on, I started going on this run and all of a sudden, you know, I finished the dual season undefeated and everyone starts talking like, oh, you know, no one's ever, you know, played one as a freshman and gone undefeated and won NCAAs. You know, so all of a sudden, you know, I got all this, all this pressure, you know, 18 years old and started thinking about making history and, you know, I get to NCAAs and I, every match I got tighter and tighter as it got, as it went along in Athens and, uh, you know, I lost in the quarterfinals that year. And like I said, I, I wish I would have lost in the season because I wouldn't have had that so much pressure on my shoulders at that time. And I was really trying to focus on making history there, but, you know, I think 
you know, if I did it all over again, like I said, I would have gone to school a year earlier, stayed for at least two years, and then seen where my game was at and, you know, if that was still what I wanted to do. But I think college is, you know, a great tool for, for, for many juniors, even, you know, the very top juniors, because you're only going to get better. And like you said, and Mike Russell said um, in his interview with you that, you know, just gained so many matches and so much confidence. And, you know, you focus so much time on your fitness as well and, and, and getting in the shape that you need to be in to pursue, you know, this sport uh, professionally. So it, it, all in all, it was an amazing experience. And to be able to play for a team and not just yourself, um is is a really cool experience because not a lot of tennis players get to play for a team you know whether it's college or you know some get the chance to play davis cup and those who don't you know college is it you know so it's a pretty amazing experience and the the tour is trying to change that a little bit both with the women and the men obviously the world team tennis event this summer was a huge success There's yeah labor cup. again labor cups only for the the top you know male players in the world but they're, they're looking at doing more uh, team type events because everyone enjoys it so much. So you embark on your pro career. You reach top 70 in the world. You competed at all of the slams. You won five titles on the Challenger Tour. Was, and, and I know you had experience because you said you took a year off before you went to college and, and played tennis. But now that you had left college, and this is now the real deal, this is your career. Talk a little bit about your experiences on the Pro Tour. Was it, was it everything that you kind of expected? Um, maybe some of your favorite tournaments, your best wins, toughest losses. I'll, I'll kind of let you run with it and just kind of yeah. describe what, what, what your career was like. I think at the beginning, um, right when I first turned pro, I went on a little bit of a tear in, in a really good way. Uh, you know, I was extremely excited to, to consider myself a professional tennis player. And, you know, my first match as a pro was Nikolai Davidenko at the U S open on grandstand. Um, pretty tough draw. I mean, he was four in the world. Uh, I hung close in the first set. I remember that. And then it was game over from there, but, you know, it gave me a lot of confidence that, you know, I, I was, you know, competing with the number four player in the world for, for a set and a half. And after that, it was, it was done. He was running me around, but um, that, that fall, um, that's when I won my first challenger, uh, title actually in Nashville, um, at Vanderbilt university. And then right after that, the very next week, I won again in Champaign, Illinois. Um, so back to back challenger titles to kind of start my pro career, got me off to a really good start. Um, and then, you know, once that happened, I, I, I actually won the wildcard tournament to the Australian open. So got to play main draw Australia, won my first round there and, got an experience in the grand slam and in Australia. So that was pretty cool. And then you kind of, you know, you're riding this wave and tennis is so, you know, up and down and everyone thinks it's so glamorous all the time. You know, when you're not, you know, winning matches, it's tough, you know, you're traveling all over the world and if you lose early, you can't go anywhere. You can't go home. You're too far away. You got to, you know, get up the next morning and get back to work and train, you know, even when you're not at home and staying in hotels and, finding places to train, finding places to eat. I mean, it, it, it's a tough life for sure if you're not, you know, in the, at the top uh, echelon of the game, right? So um, for me, it was an amazing experience and very thankful and blessed to be able to play as long as I did and get to the ranking that I, that I got to for sure. I think uh, for me, probably my favorite uh, matches were obviously winning against Safin at Wimbledon in 09. Yeah. Uh, it was probably the biggest win of my career. I love you had playing. a run there too, because you won your second round. Then you played Warinka in the third, and you played him. You played him tough. Yeah, I was oh nine um, was a great year. I, I qualified at Wimbledon that year too, so I went through qualifying 
then beat Sapin in four sets, then beat Pablo Cuevas in five sets, um, and then was up a set and a break against Morinka, and yeah. I just ran out of gas. Uh, it was it was time. I mean, in qualities at Wimbledon, remember in the last round of qualities, he's best out of five. Three so out of five, I played yeah. two matches, then a best out of five, then four sets, then a five set match. So for someone like me who's got to work pretty hard to to win points against those guys, doesn't have the weapons that a lot of these players possess now. I mean, I was just wearing myself out, but it was uh, an amazing run. And you know, I, I, to say third round Wimbledon was was pretty cool for me. Oh, for sure. And, and I want to talk about a very unique experience. You know, we've heard Roger Federer do this with a lot of young kids. You got the chance to experience it twice. When I say young kids, I mean young, young professionals. But you got to train with Roger in Dubai uh, two, two separate times in 2007 and 2008. Now, if you could kind of walk us through um, what that experience is like, what that experience was like, because um, again, we've heard he does this. We get a little bit, you know, little bits and pieces of, of what goes on up there. But how cool was that? It, it, that that was actually pretty cool, actually. So the first time I trained with him was in Dubai, um, and the second time I trained with him was in Turks and Caicos. So it was after Miami. Sometimes you would go somewhere closer and train there. So I, I've done two separate training blocks with him: once in Dubai, once in Turks, and. Um, before Dubai, I was actually, I'll never forget. I was in the library in college studying. I got a phone call and it was someone saying, Hey, this is so-and-so part of Roger Federer's team. Um, was wondering if, you know, you would like to go and train with Roger in Dubai. And I thought it was one of my teammates playing a prank on me. So I kind of laughed and I just hung up. Right. I, I didn't think it was for real, you know? And then they called me back again and they were like, no, no, this is really so-and-so. And I was like, I am so sorry. I had no idea. I thought it was someone playing a prank on me. So um, no, he, he, they laughed and everything. And they had heard that, um, you know, my work ethic was, was second to none at that time. And he was looking for guys that were easy to get along with. He didn't know. Everyone thought that, you know, he invited me because I was lefty. Yeah, I was going to get to that. For, yeah. for, for Nadal and everything. But he didn't know I was lefty until I took my racket out of my bag for the first practice. So, I thought for uh, sure he recruited a bunch of lefties. Yeah, no, for sure, right? But not at that time. But, um, yeah, no, it was an amazing experience. And um, I think a lot of people don't get to see, you know, the training that he really and the work that he puts in behind closed doors. I think a lot of people see him at tournaments and he's pretty relaxed and pretty nonchalant, but they don't see the work that he puts in behind the doors, right? So um, extremely hard worker, extremely nice guy, extremely humble extremely professional and one of the most classiest um you know people i've been around how many guys were up there with you it wasn't just him and he brings like a couple guys right yeah it was myself and one other that was it oh okay i didn't know if yeah. there were more if there were like five yeah it was myself one other and then hit one of uh one of his very close friends who uh was playing on the doubles tour at that time eves allegro from switzerland as well um and so there was four of us and so when one wasn't practicing with him then one would be able to keep practicing with uh, Eves and then we'd rotate around and then, you know, he would take one for two, three hours because I couldn't last for, you know, five hours alone with him, you know, so he would take one for two hours and bring in the next and rotate us around and we'd rest up and he'd uh, you know, go at it. Wow. And it's a little bit of everything, drills, sets. Yeah. You know, uh, a little point situations, you know, some sets situations. and drills, you know, specifics that he's working on that day and, um, yeah, it was a little bit of everything. So it was really amazing experience. Awesome. 
awesome. And I'm sure whoever gets the chance to experience it, that they take that back with them uh, on tour and try to implement as much as they can. Obviously, yeah, I brought, not everyone I brought my dad. As talented as Roger, but such a cool <laughs> I brought, experience. I brought my dad with me the second time I went, and uh, I'll never forget. I got in the plane uh, to head home after that training block. My dad looked at me. He goes, Jesse. He goes, you know. I don't care how much money I ever spent on you in junior tennis. This just made it all worth it. So <laughs> for, you know, sure. for him to get a, a chance to, uh, <laughs> to spend time with probably the greatest tennis player of all time like that was uh, pretty amazing for, for my dad. And we never would have thought that, you know, I'd be taking my dad to go practice with Roger Federer growing up. Right. So that was no way. Amazing. Did your dad get a chance to hit any, uh, hit a couple balls with him at all? Yeah, or? you know, he definitely did. And we would have lunch, have dinner with him and his family. It was amazing. 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 Yeah. That's so cool. Yeah. So, very solid career, obviously. Um, unfortunately, as it happens to so many players now, um, the injury bug got you and eventually had to call it quits as far as your playing career. But you transitioned pretty pretty smoothly over to coaching. And I know you worked um, with both Madison Keys, you worked with Jessica uh, Pagula more, more recently. Um, but you're also the, you've been the director of tennis at a few clubs in the, in the Boca Raton area and the Delray beach area. What is your preference? I mean, it's a, it, obviously working at those clubs are a little bit different than going on tour with a professional. What do you really enjoy doing and what do you see yourself possibly doing in the coaching arena moving forward? Well, for me, just kind of, you know, tennis has brought me all these opportunities. So, First, I'm, I'm thankful for all the, uh, the opportunities that I've had. Um, you know, my old agent is Madison Keys' agent, and he's the one that, you know, gave me that first opportunity to, to work with Madison and travel with her. And, you know, I've known Maddie for a long time since, you know, juniors and when we were both at Everett's together. So that was a pretty unique and cool dynamic because we had known each other for a long time and got along really well. So that kind of got me on the map, um, you know, coaching. I mean, for my first coaching gig to top coach a top 10 player in the world, and it's no and better opportunity bad. than that. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And then, you know, transitioning after that to, to working with Jessica Pagula for a couple of years was amazing. Um, you know, when we started, she was probably a five, 600 in the world. And when we stopped, she was 55. So um, I think it, we had a really great, um, player coach relationship and you know jess and i are still friends actually she's coming to the club tomorrow where i work out to practice oh, so wow. you know that ended on really good terms it was kind of a little bit of a combo you know she wanted something different and i didn't want to travel as much anymore either i mean traveling 35 weeks a year when you're playing and then doing it again when you're coaching you know yes it's it's nice you get to go to all these amazing tournaments but you know living out of a suitcase in hotels you know consistently gets gets old after a little while, you know, and now when I travel um, to do TV commentary in Canada or, you know, for a tennis channel or uh, do some scouting for Nike as well, it's fun because I only go for, you know, five, six days or a week here and there. And I know when I'm going and I know when I'm coming home. When you're traveling with those pros and when you're playing, you don't know, you know, when you're going to go home or what's on the schedule or something changes. So um, I'm very happy now, uh, the director of Boca Bridges uh, Country Club in Boca and, uh, you know, we have a really great team of professionals that we put together and it's a brand new community and uh, just started from scratch, just opened like two months ago. And um, yeah, we're really busy and it's uh, it's a lot of fun. I definitely miss um, the competition aspect of, you know, being out there at that high level because um, there's, you can't get that feeling anywhere else to when you're there's playing. There's nothing you're like it. Yeah, that's that what I was going to no. ask you if you miss Yeah, you don't get that. You don't get that feeling anywhere else. And like you said, being in, in the trenches like that. But, um, as far as, 
being in my bed every single night and being able to play some ice hockey again once the COVID goes away and, um, you know, doing things that I missed out on when I was traveling before. It's, it's, uh, it's kind of nice to live a little bit of a normal life in some ways. Got it. Well, Jesse, I, I know you're busy and I don't want to take up any more of your time, but I, I appreciate um, you walking us through your, your tennis journey a bit. And again, I normally see you in, in February at the Delray tournament. I know you're planning on playing the senior event. That tournament is planning on occurring. Um, so God willing, we'll get over this. Yeah, this we'll see what happens. Hopefully things, uh, things get better here and, and, and they get it done. But we'll see and hopefully I'll see you in February. Yeah, for sure. Thanks so much, Jesse. I really appreciate you taking the time. Thanks for having me. Talk to you later. Bye.